0: Welcome to the Beauty Scientists with Dr. Christy Hamilton and Dr. Roy Kim. Real beauty without the hype.
1: Hello, Dr. Hamilton. How are you?
0: I'm great, Dr. Kim. We're so excited to be here for the next episode of the Beauty Scientists, and this this episode has great personal appeal to me right now. What are we talking about?
1: (laughs) We are talking about procedures for pregnancy. So specifically, any non-invasive and sort of prescription as well as surgical procedures before pregnancy, during pregnancy and after pregnancy, what's safe, what can you do, what can't you do? And it should be fun because I think you're pregnant.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm seven months pregnant right now, so I'm, I'm benefiting from all this natural filler <laughs> in my face. <laughs> um, and and a certain pregnancy glow, so I'm told. So. Um, no, it's it's great, and I've I definitely I've gone through all the emotions of uh, getting ready to get pregnant and dropping some products and procedures out of my regimen, being pregnant, and then for after I'm not pregnant and feeling good again. So I'll be excited to share all those details.
1: Well, first off, what can you do before pregnancy that's safe, or what things should you definitely avoid if you're trying to get pregnant?
0: So I think before I mainly thought about things <clears throat> to avoid. Um, until you're actually pregnant, you don't necessarily have to change too much in the way of, of procedures and things like that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be actively trying to get pregnant if you're in the middle of a surgical uh, recovery or a surgical plan. But for me, since I don't have upcoming surgery, I was mainly looking at my skincare regimen, um, and then considering my injectables regimen. And the main ingredient that you should take out of your regimen is going to be tretinoin or prescription retin-A. And then for those who are not using prescription products, anything containing retinol. Um, so that these are topical forms of the drug that's called isotretinoin, but better known as accutane and we know that the oral form of that medication is definitely associated with birth defects so this topical version certainly less is being absorbed into the body with a topical cream but definitely not worth chancing it so if you're planning on getting pregnant then i recommend converting to uh, a plant-based retinol Um, the ingredients Bacuchiol. And so that helps give you still some of the cell turnover that you get with tretinoin. So you can have that nice glow and smooth skin, um, but without the risk of birth defects during pregnancy.
1: That's great to know. Um, Retin-A and Accutane are both prescription drugs. Presumably, you'd know a little about it to avoid it if you're trying to get pregnant, but retinol is actually over the counter. So to all the listeners or viewers out there, Yes, you want to avoid retinol because you can go to any drugstore or beauty supply store or department store and just buy it.
0: Yeah. When you look at, and it, it's, you know, one of the safest things to do is just to take your skincare regimen. And then when you're talking to your OBGYN or your doctor or your dermatologist or plastic surgeon, just just mention, hey, these are the things I'm using. And they can look at the ingredients and tell you that they're safe. Um, there's other ingredients, even like black licorice, things like that, that in large amounts can be associated with issues. Um, there's, uh, one of my favorite moisturizers by Elastin has that probably would be fine to be on that the whole time. I mean, it's like, you're not like how much of that extracts like actually in your care, but I just really simplified my, um, my regimen during pregnancy, but I just kept it, um, just great, uh, clinical strength, like antioxidants, simple moisturizer, um, mineral-based sunscreen. So I didn't have a chemical-based sunscreen. And that just made me feel like my skin was glowing and being treated and undoing free radical damage, um, but but nothing too intense. And I found, probably from all the hormones, um, that my skin looked really actually nice during during pregnancy. So that's been helpful too, which is not that's always great. the case.
1: Right. But- and I guess the other thing, because we're both doctors, we know this, but for the non-doctors out there, what we really do not want is anything that gets into the bloodstream that can potentially cross the placenta and hit the fetus bloodstream. So that's what we're worried about, which is why Dr. Hamilton's always focusing on superficial stuff that doesn't get absorbed. Yes.
0: Exactly. So but I didn't change honestly, other than uh removing the retin A um and the retinols from my uh my regimen before, I did not change too much else before I found out I was pregnant to the point that I actually when I was two weeks pregnant, I had and didn't know I actually Botox myself and redid my filler (laughs) (laughs) because I really didn't think I was, I was pregnant. Um, and my baby thankfully is uh, well-formed and appears to have all, all fingers and toes. So that's actually, I don't know if this is a scenario that you encounter. Um, we always counsel patients that if you're pregnant, um, not to do injectable treatments. And the main reason for that is because they just have never done those studies to prove that it's safe. Fillers are mainly um, in the United States are mainly made of hyaluronic acid, which that's a naturally occurring substance that's in our own bodies, in our own skin. It's an ingredient in a lot of skincare products, so that ingredient in and of itself is safe. Um, but we just we've never done a study proving that it doesn't cause harm to the to the baby, um, and they're likely to never do that study. <laughs> so right. it's you know, and also from a volumizing perspective. Uh, most of us pregnant women notice we we do get a little fuller in the face anyhow during pregnancy. So I don't think there's as much like concern for that. Um, however, when it comes to Botox, people definitely feel their wrinkles coming back. Like once, once that effect wears off and similarly, while they've never done a study um, proving that it's safe, there's no data to my knowledge that shows that it's not. And so it's not completely uncommon for patients to call the office panic saying, you know, I, I didn't know I was pregnant, but I, I was actually three weeks pregnant when I had Botox and, um, you know, should I be worried about that? And I have never seen in my clinical practice or, um, talking to colleagues and, um, and plastic surgery and dermatology, I've never heard of any problems, um, stemming from that, all those babies have come out healthy. So when I did that actually to myself, I didn't panic at all.
1: Good.
0: <laughs> and I had, I was like, well, I guess I get to be wrinkle-free at least for the first three months of my pregnancy. <laughs> and I only have six months to go. Now, knowing now that I was pregnant, like I did not continue to Botox myself during my um, pregnancy, but that that's a common uh, question or a fairly common uh, a question that I got.
1: I guess this would be a an advertisement for Daxify because you should get shot up with Daxify, which potentially lasts a little longer, and then try to get pregnant.
0: Yeah. Um, so, Oftentimes, when I know my patients are doing IVF or something like that, we'll say, "Hey, come in right before you're doing your transfer, and we'll do like a really strong treatment of whether it's Dexify, Botox, or Dysport, probably more than they might typically do. Um, really, really smooth things out because there's also evidence that if you dose Botox or Dysport higher, you do get a longer longevity yes. um, to your treatment. So, all uh, all interesting thoughts on that.
1: Right. Um, And then we actually talked about this before we started videoing. What can you get if you're pregnant? So there really isn't much, but we figured out some things that can help. And one thing is that you may want to skip numbing cream of any kind. Again, we're not certain that it really crosses the placental barrier, but why take chances?
0: Uh, yes. And you have, to be, you have to be cautious, especially with what kind of numbing cream we're doing. So we know that uh, lidocaine is safe in pregnancy. So that, that's one. Most of our really strong numbing medications are lidocaine, maybe mixed with tetracaine or some other ones that potentially could. So we try to avoid those. Um, and so what I will do is if we're doing something very mild, like a skin pen, a microneedling treatment, something like that. You could do topical lidocaine base cream. That's not going to be as robust or as numbing as some of the other topicals that we usually like to do for our patients for comfort, but that can allow you to get um, a skin pen treatment. I did that for myself um, once during my pregnancy. And then you can do some really light chemical peels too. Mm
1: -hmm. So, for those out there what's a skin pen it's a microneedling pen it's a microneedling device essentially this device just pokes tiny holes in your skin, not very deep, causes some bleeding and helps with skin exfoliation helps your skin look better, feel better, increases collagen growth. I would say definitely very very safe in terms of pregnancy or not
0: Yes yeah and what about um, Dr. Kim, what about lasers do you, what do you tell patients that call that want to do laser treatment um, during during
1: pregnancy. I have fortunately or unfortunately gotten very rare phone calls about that. I think technically it's possible. It's just that lasers hurt more than a superficial skin pen. And so if patients, you know, whether they're pregnant or not, they're having a hard time tolerating it, even with existing numbing cream or very strong numbing cream, occasionally sedation. I am not certain if they're going to tolerate it with little to no numbing cream at all and no sedation. I don't know what I, your
0: experience is. I agree. I think that's just, a, it's another example of something that, you know, <clears throat> do I think doing laser resurfacing um, on your face while you're pregnant, am I concerned about, you know, that impacting the baby high level? I think that sounds very far-fetched. Again, they they've not done studies on it. It falls into one of those things that would probably be okay, but there's no proof behind it. And, you know, probably just wait until you're not pregnant anymore just so that you can have a comfortable experience so that's what i tell my patients um that will be that's on my i'm jumping to the after (laughs) but that's one of the things that is high on my list for after after and then one thing
1: we think you could probably get safely is prp platelet-rich plasma
0: yes and so that um it's increasingly popular so patients and people are starting to know more about it but that is um a product, a naturally occurring product that we would get from your own blood. So we do a blood draw in the office, take the vial out, and then we spin it down in a centrifuge and isolate the fraction of the blood that is packed with growth factors. And so that is a naturally occurring substance produced by your own body. So it stands to reason you can inject something that came from you back into yourself, um, whether it's injections into the hair to support hair growth um, or injections into the face for cell regeneration and rejuvenation. That's a really beautiful, natural way um, to still take care of yourself, maybe treat yourself while you're pregnant.
1: Yes. So we ran out of things then that you can sort of get safely while you're pregnant, I, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head.
0: No. Um, and things also to avoid deep chemical peels, things like that. Um, those are all chemicals that we would we would not recommend and actually potentially could be harmful um, in pregnancy.
1: Yes. And as always, for the listeners out there, we're not your doctor. You should definitely talk to your doctor about what's safe or not safe or maybe what's best for you.
0: Yes. Absolutely. So, so General the, yes, advice. Yes.
1: So then finally, <laughs> Okay. pregnancy's done. What's safe in terms of lactation slash breastfeeding, as well as what would your priority list be to get back onto, you know, you're already like beautiful. You want to be more beautiful after the baby's gone.
0: So my priority is going to be for myself I'm going to re Botox myself. I love to do some masseter Botox for grinding and so that's something I definitely have been missing. I have gotten to do more expressive videos during my pregnancy because there's no Botox on board here so I've been able to really de- I'll be able to do some great demonstration Botox videos on how <laughs> Botox works um, after this. But I'm, I'm excited to get back on board on that. And then I'm planning to do a deeper surfacing laser to just um, address pores, texture, tightening. And then I haven't been able to do much for pigmentary changes in my skin, a couple brown spots that popped up during pregnancy. So I'm excited to zap those into oblivion. Um, and then any filler, I'm going to wait until. Um, my body normalizes, uh, goes back to a closer to normal weight. A lot of that fluid retention that you have in pregnancy really can make you feel quite puffy. So I won't be jumping to redo any of that until I get a better sense of where my face is stabilized. Just like we would say for any potential body surgery after pregnancy. Um, I do intend to breastfeed. uh, Botox and breastfeeding is another one of those topics that's officially taboo because, again, there's no study um, that has proven it. But a lot of female physician colleagues, including myself, that I uh, don't see why we couldn't Botox ourselves um, while pregnant. It's such—it's a microscopic amount of, of a neuromodulator that's injected into the face. So the concept of it migrating when we already... I don't think it migrates to begin with, out of the areas of injection, all the way to your bloodstream, all the way to your breast milk, and then what ultra microscopic concentration that potentially would go to a baby? It just seems uh, far fetched.
1: Yeah, I mean, we already know it doesn't really migrate because if you inject it to a muscle belly, that's the muscle that is weakened or has a hard time moving. It's not like you inject it in a tiny area in your forehead and suddenly it jumps into your, I don't know, nose or scalp or anything like that.
0: Exactly. So I, what I tell patients is, I can't promise you. There's no data I can I can point to to say that this is absolutely 100 percent 100 percent safe. It's something I'm comfortable doing for myself. Um, but if you're someone that needs like absolutes uh, on it, then best just to wait until you're done breastfeeding.
1: Yeah, and then there are, of course, a lot of medications generically that you should not take if you're breastfeeding. And in terms of deeper chemical peel or other chemicals that we use in aesthetics. I was wondering what your thoughts were in terms of what you're going to be starting up or not, since you'll be breastfeeding right after the baby's delivered.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll still be avoiding chemical peels afterwards. Um, like I said, I think uh, laser resurfacing, I'm, I'm quite happy to inject cytokine for blocks on myself and I'll do my, my normal topical numbing for that. Um, and maybe, you know, wait to breastfeed until later in the day or when those, those have passed through my body. Um, and that's pretty much it. I'm going to go back to my, uh, my regular skincare regimen afterwards and, um, probably with more of a focus on, um, evening pigment. So I was fortunate that I haven't, I haven't developed some of the common pregnancy skin conditions, like including something called melasma where, Women get this kind of mask or symmetric pigment, especially on the forehead, cheeks, upper lip. Um, but that's something that's very common. And I treat those patients with um, a specific type of topical, uh, slow chemical peel. It's a mask that they wear. Um, and so that's one of the main skin, skin treatments that I do for other uh, recently pregnant women in my practice.
1: Yeah. Melasma, for those of you who don't know, it's discoloration of your skin. It is on typically both sides. It can sometimes it's called a butterfly pattern where it looks like a butterfly wings on your right and left cheek. And it doesn't happen in everybody, but it does happen in a sizable minority of women who after delivery, they seem to have it and it sticks around and it is slower to remove.
0: Yeah, it can be very, very difficult to treat and it seems to be hormonally um produced and so obviously there's a lot of shifts in in hormones during uh conception pregnancy and and delivery so um it, it tends to like to come back so it's one of those one of those skin conditions where you're usually like beating back into submission and working on pigment um, but it can be very challenging
1: yeah well i think that's about covers the topics i hope that our viewers and our listeners found some of this interesting and I, helpful
0: I I think it's, um, I think it's, it's fascinating. And, um, you know, there, there's so much in, in pregnancy, like your body's changing. Um, you know, there's all sorts of like fun, exciting feelings, feeling the baby moving. There's also like some discomfort with it. And so it's nice to know like what you can do to just treat yourself uh, here and there. Um, so much focus is on growing the baby. Um, and then nice to know that there are treatments that you can do after the fact too, to get you feeling a little bit more back to yourself.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, well, we're looking forward to the baby. It's going to be popping up soon. And thanks so much for sharing your knowledge about pregnancy, skincare and our knowledge as to what's safe, what we care about as doctors versus what's not safe.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Kim, for your insight as always. And we are the beauty scientists. Stay beautiful.
1: Stay beautiful. Take care.
0: Thank you for joining us on The Beauty Scientist, be sure to visit thebeautyscientist.com and learn more about modern beauty and connect with Dr. Hamilton and Dr. Kim.